0: created and it's the consummation of the marriage covenant so once you get married you need to have sex so that God can come and he can cut covenant between you and your wife and that means it's a cutting that happens but it's also a joining together that happens you become one Last uh, night, we were at Warwick and Nalene's uh, wedding, and it was beautiful. It was amazing. Warwick's been here with us for a long time, and we've been praying for him, for, for a girlfriend. Eventually, he found a girlfriend, and uh, Nalene, she is amazing. And what was great about them is that they were actually virgins when they got married yesterday, and they're in their 30s. Okay, I asked Luke if I can share that. He said, yeah, let's go for it why not they're not here tonight but I think it's something it's something of a statement in our day and age and uh I must say I I felt the holiness of the Lord during the ceremony it was in this indigenous forest and beyond the moon and we were waiting for and for quite a while and then she came in and I felt the holiness of God I felt that God is right there. And, and one of the things that I felt the Lord saying, the reason for that was because they kept themselves pure. And they also wanted to honor the Lord in what they, what they were doing. And uh, I've also been to other weddings and people messed up sexually before that. And because they repented, because they confessed their sin, the ceremony was just as pure. Because that's how good God is. God restores. But there's something about Purity that we need to get, especially in this generation, and especially in the area of of sex. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a video about pornography because there's something about how pornography has infiltrated our society and that so many people, I actually don't know of anybody my age that hasn't watched pornography. I don't know anybody. There was one guy that we did marriage prep with, and he said, "The, clo- the he still watched uh, one of the, what's the, one of the series is I can't remember uh, Shades of Grey, what's, which is really pornography if you look at it. But that was the closest that I got to somebody my age, somebody late twenties, early thirties that haven't watched pornography. And we need to get this right. God is restoring the church to purity, to holiness, because He wants us to love." I guess next up is a a Philly uh, photo of Billie Eilish. Is that how you pronounce her name? Eilish. Eilish. In In an interview, she said this. As a woman, I think porn is a disgrace. I used to watch a lot of porn, to be honest. I started watching porn when I was like 11. I think it really destroyed my brain, and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. So she's not, a, she's not a Christian, but that's what, he said, what she said in a secular interview. She also said that because of porn and the kind of porn that you watched, she struggled with uh, sleep paralysis. In other words, she couldn't sleep nightmares and all of that. And I, I thought it's quite an insight to have from a secular artist that that is what's happening if we expose ourselves to unholy sex. And that's just in a screen. And then we have people that actually actually go and practice that, and that obviously also influences the way that we think in it. And she says it messed up her brain. Okay, so when we talk about sex, just like with other any other topic, we need to lay the foundation in the Word. So the first time that sex is mentioned is in Genesis four verse one, and I think it's quite profound in the way that Moses writes about it. He says. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, very important, not his girlfriend, not a one I'd stand, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. So, In other words, because of God's help, God's ability that He has given us to actually co-labor with with him to co create. Think of how amazing that is. They now have gotten a son. So it says Adam knew Eve, and that new means sex in Old Testament language. It's the word Yada. So all of you were created with this intrinsic desire to be known, but also to know. So the first know needs to happen between you and god you need to know god you need to yada god you need to know him very well and we know that adam and eve had that kind of relationship before the Son of uh, the fall of man with a yada god the new god and then they went on and they went and know one another and all of us created in In the image of the Lord, created from and coming from the lineage of Adam and Eve, we have this urge, this drive, this desire to actually know someone intimately. Your sex drive is given to you by the Lord. But it can only happen once you have a husband, once you have a wife. Adam knew his wife why because it's a godly covenant that is created the moment you have sex the moment you become intimate with your husband there's a covenant that is made but god can only bless that which he put together so now that's why marriage is so powerful so last night why are you lean it was beautiful because Warwick's dad actually did the ceremony. And he gave them a lecture on sex, which was a little awkward, but also beautiful. And Warwick is quite a, quite a shy guy, but also awkward. And Nalini is standing there. Hey, I'm the, the daughter-in-law, and I need to hear this now from my father-in-law. But, he, but the, the context was so holy and so pure. So they became one before the Lord. They said, yes, God, We want you to join us together. And then it was a safe environment for them to actually know one another intimately. But without the blessing of the Lord, we don't have the capacity to actually handle that kind of emotional, deep, intimate relationship that comes with sex. We don't have the capacity. You're just destroying yourself. You are giving something of yourself, and you, and you don't know how to handle that. That's why when people come for, for deliverance or counseling, what we do is, and they tell us, "Hey, no, I've had sex before, before I got married." Then what we will do is, we will break a soul tie. A soul tie is a tie. It's a It's a joining of souls that happens when you have sex. So in marriage, soul tie is great because God, he made the tie. He pulled the two threads together and made a knot. That was him doing it. But if it's outside of marriage, who do you think makes that knot? It's not God. It's the enemy. It's the devil. So you have to untie that and you you need to... Just illustrate to them, listen here, what you've done is you have given your heart to somebody else in the most vulnerable, intimate place during sexual intercourse. You have given it to them and you have become one outside of covenant and your soul cannot handle that and now you've detached yourself again. So now there's a piece of you on that person, on your ex-girlfriend or that one night stand and you need to take that back. In prayer, you need to ask the Lord, Lord, heal my heart. Because we are not able to handle that kind of intimacy without the blessing of the Lord. So, sex is holy. It's beautiful. And looking at, at my life, you know that I had sex at least four times. Because I have four kids. And it's it's beautiful. And you should celebrate with me. Whoa, my pastor, he had sex at least four times. But it's holy. It's holy. It's like some people think you can mess around with it. And still get away. Play with fire and not get yourself burned. You cannot. Yes, there's forgiveness. Yes, God restore everything. He can even store you biologically. Your virginity, He can restore that. I've seen it. He can do it. But let's be that generation that don't wait for forgiveness. That don't wait until we can repent. But actually just stay pure up until the day that we get married. And when you are married, to still stay faithful to your wife. Because if, if the Bible says, just looking at a woman with lust, then you have committed adultery. If you then watch porn, you are committing adultery. You are removing yourself from the covenant that God made with your, between you and your wife, between you and your husband on the day of marriage. You're stepping outside of that. And you know who loves that? The devil. So he can destroy, he can destroy your brain, he can mess around with what's happening here, with what's happening here, your belief system. I was told that detectives, one of the things that they do is, when they do an investigation, is to to look into the perpetrator's internet search history. And they would look if that person is addicted to pornography because they know he's probably or she's probably doing it secretly and therefore there might be something in their character that will motivate them for this crime. Interesting. Because most of us, we do it in secret. When I was addicted to porn, pornography, I never invited friends to come along just Watched it on my own. Felt bad on my own. Had to repent on my own. Eventually, we started just talking in the small group about it. He's like, hey, guys, we're all struggling, hey? Yo, it was almost sickle. Eventually, we would open up the small group like, hey, so, uh, so, wanna last that And then the one guy's like, three months, yes! And everybody was celebrate. Then, next year was like, One year and three months. Yo, you're amazing. You're wow, crazy. Love it. And there was a point, and I need to mention this, where staying away from pornography and staying away from sex was more important than just following after Jesus, which is also wrong, which is missing the point. So you follow Jesus. As you follow Jesus, then these things seems stupid, and it's easy just to leave them behind. But if you don't follow Jesus, it seems like, wow, that's going to give you a kick. The next one I'd stand, the next pornography video that you're going to watch. So you need to follow Jesus. So we are created to be known. But it starts with intimacy with God. And by the way, intimacy with God can... Be even more powerful, more intimate than having intercourse with your wife. Because God created that. There's a deeper level of intimacy that God has called you into. I think, and I believe that's how I could say to Paul, hey, it's blessed to be single. You don't actually need a romantic relationship on earth to be fulfilled. You can just have me. And we should be able to get to that point. Hey, singleness is a blessing. Yes. Man, I've desired a wife from a very young age, and I love that I have a beautiful wife, and that we have four kids. I love my family. But I can honestly say my relationship with the Lord is more important than my relationship with my wife. And the earlier you get to that point, the better. So number one, created to be known. Number two, Unholy sex defiles God's temple. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, it says, Paul speaking, he says, flee from sexual immorality. Not stand, wait, let the enemy bowl at you, and then somehow defend your wickedness. No, he says, run. Whenever you see, oh, oh, the temptation is coming, oh, it's, it's that girl, it's that movie, it's that scene, it's that TikTok profile, whatever. Run, flee. Take your phone and throw it away. I saw this video over the weekend. A guy caught a fish and he took a, a, a photo, a selfie of him and the fish. And he wanted to throw the fish and then eventually threw his phone into the water. Do that. Flee. Flee from sexual immorality you will not be able to stand. It is one of the temptations. It's really difficult just to stand. You cannot just stand. You need to flee. Every other sin a person commits outside of the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. You're hurting yourself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, but you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is a temple. And if you understand biblical language, when Paul says this is a temple, temple, he is speaking about this being a temple in the context of the Old Testament temple. Nobody should have touched the most holy place. Nobody. Only once a year, and a high priest would be able to go in. Nobody else comes near the most holy place. So Paul's saying, hey, that spirit that made that place holy is now living in you. So don't let anything that's going to defile that, especially sexual sexual immorality, because it is done to your body. It happens inside of your body. When your heart gets molded, when your heart gets attached to another person's heart in an ungodly covenant, don't let Anything like that come near to you because you're defiling the temple of the Lord. You're really just swearing at the Holy Spirit. You are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit if you do that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the sin that cannot be forgiven. But what I'm saying is you need to see the holiness God has blessed you with when he says you're a temple and by the way this helps also for dealing with your girlfriend and your boyfriend or even the lady that's seducing you from the screen it's like oh shucks that's a temple I want to stay away of that I want to stay wow my girlfriend's a temple God I don't want to be touched by your glory because in this moment of lust I don't want to I just want to flee. I want to go away. I want to run away because I want to save my purity, save my holiness, because I'm not going to touch your temple in an unholy way. I don't want to defile what's holy and what's beautiful. Number three self control is necessary. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, and 5. So in other words, you have a responsibility. You cannot say, oh, but, but that's just what teenagers do. That's just what men do. We are created like that. We have that kind of sex drive. And I've often heard people who came to me and said, hey, I was at this psychologist, or this person came and speak to me and said, hey, it's fine if you masturbate, because that's what teenagers do. No, it's not fine. You were not created to have sex with yourself. It's selfish. By the way, there's a lot of psychologists that say that. No. I've been through that. It just makes you so selfish. It brings guilt and condemnation to your life. It destroys your relationship with the opposite sex. It is stupid. And if you're doing that, you can stop it. Because God has given you a spirit of self-control. God has created you to be holy. And yes, if you, if you fall maybe, then go back to God. Get a friend. Say, hey, listen here. Yeah, I fell. But that's not who I am. I want to love God. I want to love my future wife. I want to be faithful. But you have a role to play. You need to... Condition your body. You need to condition your mind. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. In other words, sanctification speaks of that difficult process. We were like, God, we are saved by grace. But now your grace needs to start working in us. So every day I need to choose to surrender my mind, my heart, my soul, my thoughts, everything. I need to choose to surrender. It's difficult to always choose for God. Choose for love, for holiness, to be unselfish, to choose to go and sacrifice. That you abstain from sexual immorality. So abstain, stay away. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles. Who do not know God. Don't be like the entertainment industry. You can control it. Don't be like the world. Don't be like the heathen. And again the reason why God's saying. These things in his word. And why the apostles are teaching us on on this. Is because holiness facilitates better relationship with God. He wants to be closer with us. He wants to. Give everything of who he is to us so that we can have an impact on this world. But now we're still struggling in our mind because of our sin, and our selfishness, and our sexual immorality and our inability to get over pornography. But you're supposed to conquer the world, not struggle with lust. You're supposed to think of where will I be able, where will I go to sacrifice my life? Not how can I get that goal to do what I want her to do. It's immaturity. And this thing is controlling, especially people that are teenagers. You're not supposed to just be selfish. Think of yourself. You should be able to start thinking of, God, where can you use me? How can I impact this world? How can I serve my teachers? How can I lead my class to Jesus? What can I go and study so that I can change the world, so that I can educate them, whether it's to get out of poverty or to build businesses that will glorify God? This thing is keeping you from your destiny and from your purpose. So it starts with self-control. And there was actually a study done by a guy called Walter Michelle. He was from Stanford in the 70s. And what he did is he would put young kids in a room and he did, there was a study that started when they were young and he eventually followed these kids um, up until I think late twenties, late into the thirties. And this is what he did. So he would call one kid in, uh, into a room and they would place a marshmallow in the middle of a table and he would say to this kid, okay, if you can wait until the adult comes in, you'll get two. And then some kids obviously ate the marshmallows, probably Kennedy's, they ate the marshmallows. And then the other kids, the Correas, they didn't eat the marshmallows. And then they received two. And the interesting thing that they found tracing these people's stories were that the people that could practice delayed gratification. There's a key word for all of us when it comes to sexual. Desires, delayed gratification, slap the person next to you on the shoulder and say, delayed gratification. Those who can practice delayed gratification, they track their, just their lives and, and they found that they were the most successful people in comparison to the people that couldn't practice Delayed gratification. So if you do this well, it's not only that you will have no condemnation, nothing to ask forgiveness for when you come for marriage prep with us, but you will also learn a very important skill in life. Self-control. Delayed gratification. And according to that study, you will be more successful than the people that couldn't. Practice self-control. So once I wrote this article for, it was the Afrikaans version of News 24, and I said what I propose is that we marry people with marshmallows on their wedding cakes. Just to say, I made it. Because in this world, people can figure out the most difficult maths problems, can build the most amazing technology but somehow this world says you cannot stay a virgin up until the day you get married and then number four we should look out for one another song of songs message translation so the context here is the lady is speaking and she's saying her husband, oh sorry, her brothers took care of her and protected her, but she's now ready to, to love her husband. She says, This is what they said, my brothers. Our little sister has no breasts. What shall we do with our little sister when men come asking of her? She's a virgin and vulnerable, and we will protect her. If they think she's a wall, we will top it with barbed wire. If they think she's a door, we will barricade it. So there's that responsibility that we need to take, not only for our own purity, but also for the purity of others. A very sad story somebody um, shared with me is that a a friend, a couple of her, her male friends, they conspired together to rape her. And then she is in the room, and she's starting to realize that something really weird is happening. Because her friends, who really is good friends, and are now doing funny things. And then one of the friends that were also friends with her was at the window saying, Get out! Run! Get out! Run! And then obviously that was a very traumatic experience for her. But then she saw Jesus, when we took her back to that memory, she saw Jesus in that moment. And Jesus is helping this friend of hers to get her attention and to tell her to run. But you know how ungodly that is. But many of us, maybe not in in such a direct way, have played a role in friends of ours losing their virginity, losing their purity, because we have stimulated it with conversations, with movies that we watch, and even the music that we listen to. We've played a role, and we need, all need to take responsibility of of that. If you think of 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 my of my kids, like even this afternoon, I was wanting to to play actually the interview of Billy Eilish, and I just I thought I just. It's, it's too unholy to actually just play it in, in church. So I was listening to it just to th- think if I can maybe just cut some pieces out. And then Eva was overhearing this interview. And she came to me and said, hey, Papa, wat what are you watching? And I had to explain to her just again what pornography is. Because I have told her that I have struggled with pornography. So she asked, what is pornography? So I, sa- I said to her, hey, Papa was not a little good. was like, no, wasne. I watched naked woman on a screen. And she couldn't understand that. But I know that it's something that will s- stay with her. That That's where her dad was. But he's not there anymore. So we have a role to play in society. To fight. Because it's really just fighting for relationship with God. And it's fighting for covenant. It's fighting for God saying, I long to have relationship with every girl, every teenager. But because they're so messed up in their identity because of of sin, and especially because of sexual immorality, their brains get brainwashed. I cannot get to them. So church, will you help me? Can there be more examples like Warwick and Aline standing there pure and undefiled and say, yes, we are looking forward to having sex tonight, but we have stayed pure up until now? Can there be more examples like Rikis and saying, hey, we're not even going to kiss before we get married? So we need to help one another. So here's a way that we can help people. So Romans 14, it deals with the controversy in the early church about what to eat and what not to eat. But I think it's applicable to just helping people with struggles in this area of of lust and sexual immorality. It says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. So... Whether you eat everything or whether you don't eat anything. It's not a, not a good thing to pass judgment. But rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother or sister. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord, Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. So this is not talking about pornography, movies, or music you're listening to. This talks about food. But it's unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So there's the key. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, and I added there, or wear, or watch, or listen to, or your profile on Instagram, or on TikTok. You are no longer walking in love by what you eat, or wear, or watch or listen to, or your profile, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So we must not be thinking of, hey, oh, I like and I enjoy this, showing off my body, or listening to this kind of music. But think of your little child. And I'm constantly thinking of this because little Julia is four years old, and when ever... Every now and then we would listen to it, whether it's a KFM or secular song. And I'm like, no, these lyrics cannot go into it and now. Boom, off. I don't want it. Why? Because I don't want it to stumble. And some of those things are not even, it's not like really that bad. It's just, I don't want to defile the mind of a four-year-old child that's my child. I don't want to. So think of your friends. Think of how you can help them to be holy. Ask those questions. Hey, Van Allah's ethia. Yeah, you've you've confessed two months ago. How's it going? i listen, you hey guys, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, we'll struggle with this. And by the way, even if you're married, doesn't lust. The temptation of, of lust doesn't go away. So hey, married guys, how's it going? I have some really close friends. that would come to me and say, "Hey, Amo." Um, very awkward conversations. <coughs> Amo. One guy came to me and said, "Amo, I just uh had a problem. I love surfing." Then I started watching ladies that are surfing. and Before I knew, I was watching the ladies surfing more than I watched the waves. So I told my wife, I'm not allowed to watch ladies surfing anymore. And I love that. So honest. But also, let's just not go to that place we're so scared of of girls, and scared of boys. The more you get to know them, the more you get to love them, and understand, wow, this is a temple of God. Take them out for coffee dates. Be only. Ask them questions about their life, what they want to do, how they're going to change the world, what God's speaking to them about, and let's enjoy one another. In a way, I want you to understand that there are barbed wire around my kids, around my girls specifically. But your little friends that's going to date them, they need to go and date them. Take them out. Speak to them. Love them. Take them out for for a date, whether it's for kind of formal, even to weddings. I don't mind. It should be a thing that happens in Christian circles. And it's so much easier. And I this I'm, I'm talking out of, experience so much easier to relate to goals if you don't have in the back of your mind i just watched pornography yesterday it's so much easier you're like every time it's like wow man i th- think this girl's is going to look straight through me and it was so great th- so when i started dating cornell for the second time there was an in, in uh university my fourth year of university, pornography and masturbation was long gone. It so was, It was amazing. To look her in the eye with confidence and say, hey, I'm pure, and what you're getting is a blessing. Not because, of, not because of how great I am, but because of what Jesus has done. It took me a while to actually tell her about all of this. But I knew that I'm Holy. I knew that I wasn't holy, but I knew that God made me holy by relationship with him. And then also by helping me to abstain, to flee sexual immorality. So I'm passionate about this because we need more Christian weddings. We need more Christian babies filling the earth, changing the world. Okay, can the band come up? So let's summarize. One, we are created to know and to be known. So this desire that you have for sexual intimacy, don't let the devil fool you and tell you it's bad. You must just channel it. Say, hey, devil, the marshmallow's on the table. I'm waiting. And this desire, it's, it's great, and Hey, I'm going to have intimate relationship with the Lord up until my wedding day. Then I'm going to also, I'm going to have intimate relationships or relationships, sorry, with my wife or my husband. Then second, unholy sex defiles your body. It's God's temple. So think of you being a temple, but also the person that you're engaging with. He or she is a temple. Self-control is a precious gift to your future spouse or to your current spouse so self-control and we need to look out for one another make no one stumble let's make that a key one in our christian community if the if the movies that i'm watching or the series that i'm watching if it makes somebody stumble i'd rather watch heidi or 101 dalmatians again It's, it's a small sacrifice. So on your, on your chairs, you'll have this, this card. My dad gave us these cards when we, I think we were 10 or 11. And we had to sign this. So I want you to go home and sign this. It's a commitment. I know all of you sitting here, most of you sitting here, you want to actually do this. So it says this, in honor of God and my, and my future spouse, should say current spouse also, I, Amu Kennedy, pledge to live the rest of my life in sexual purity. And then key, help me, Jesus. And you put the date down, you, you sign it. And then maybe with the marshmallow on your wedding day, you give this to your wife and to your father-in-law. And I'll go and I'll sign it on the back also. Stamp of approval, Pastor Amo. So by the way, if in in marriage you do it in a loving way because in married sex can also be done in a lustful way then it's still sexual purity it's still holy you do it to love your wife you do it to love your your spouse your husband it's sexual purity so let's close our eyes can you just pray this off to me say thank you jesus that you have created me to be known, but also to know, to Yada. Lord, I'm looking forward to knowing my wife in this special way. Lord, I commit today to be holy. And also to help others to be holy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Just a a question that always comes up, and I just want to answer it now. So often when we get to talk about uh, sex and romantic relationships, people ask, So... Who fair is the fair? If you ever heard that question. By asking that question, you have just revealed that you don't really love Jesus. Because what you're thinking of is how far can you push the boundaries without it becoming sin or proper sin? You're not thinking of loving your girlfriend, or thinking maybe, maybe I'm not going to marry my girlfriend. You need to think of that. And would you love another guy to do that to your future wife? No. What you should actually ask is, how can I love my girlfriend? How can I love her? How can I protect her even if she then becomes somebody else's wife. And the same girls, you should ask the same. Hey, I I don't want to kiss another girl's husband. So let's get rid of lust. Let's see how we can give. Practice it with your friends. Look at their needs. Understand how goals work. It's going to take a long time. But you'll be able to figure it out with Jesus. Take them out for coffee dates. Invite them to Le- Luane shows. I just hope your girlfriend's name is not Susana. What's that? There was a song that she sang that says "Sana sunmo or something like that. Okay, so close your eyes again. If there's somebody in this room and you don't know Jesus, or you want to come back to Jesus, then I want you just to raise your hand to so say, "That's me. I want to come back to Jesus." Thank you, Jesus. You can lower your hands. If you're in this room and you've struggled with sexual purity, so you've been sexually immoral, maybe not even that you went all the way, maybe you're just playing around, girlf- girlfriends, boyfriends, pornography, masturbation, and today you want to confess in front of everybody that you made a commitment to be pure with the help of Jesus, then I want you to stand up on the count of three. Okay? cannot be shy about this? And if you're sexually pure, you don't have to stand up. Just those who from today onwards want to make that commitment. You just sense the Holy Spirit saying, you need to make that commitment. Okay, on the count of three, you can just stand up. One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Great. That's amazing. Okay, this is this is honorable men and ladies. This is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I know there's some of you you just didn't have the guts to do it. But you know what? You can you can phone a friend. You can come up later and we can pray for you. But well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Amazing. Okay, so I want the people around them, you just put your hands on them and you just pray for them. They just pray for our friends. If there's nobody around you that you can pray for, just turn to the person next to you and say, is there anything specific that I can pray about in this area? And it even can be, hey, I want to get married one day. If that is you, pray that prayer. There's Warwick. We didn't think he can get married, and now he got married. Amazing. So let's pray.